0: friends i'm olivia and i'm katie and we are podcast by proxy welcome
1: <laughs> i was ready that time but are we live we're live
0: yeah we're live <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, I almost oh. thought I caught you there.
0: Never gonna get old.
1: Hello. How are we? Uh, we're good. We're good. Yeah, I think so. Good.
0: It's getting really dark, really early,
1: and really cold.
0: Yeah, it's definitely that time of the year where you're like, ugh. It's pitch black. Yeah, when the I wake energy's up.
1: going down a little yeah. for sure. Uh-huh. Although I love this weather. I kind of thrive in this weather. I'm like an opposite sun person. I,
0: I mean, I'm not. I'm not doing bad. I just feel like I have to force myself a lot harder to like do things. Fair. It's a lot more uh, energy for me to be like, okay, we're doing this. We're not going to lay around. We're going to move. We're going to get up. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Should we just get into it, part two? Finishing off where we finished, starting where we left off? I can't even speak. Yeah, This, is not, do we want this to... isn't a good start.
1: Of course. Do you want to do a quick little two-second recap of where we left off, just for anyone who maybe listened a whole week ago? Yeah, I mean, when we
0: left off, Nelson, he learned that the criminal organization that he had been a part of for months was actually an elaborate undercover police investigation. <laughs> so he shows up at gander airport and he's arrested and very confused charged with two counts of first degree murder in the drowning death of his two daughters krista and karen um but yeah he was kind of ambushed and
1: yeah what's his buddy's name again that's suave yeah (laughs) hey suave he's with us suave suave i don't know suave 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 When I think of Suave, I just think of that weird body wash that they sell at the dollar store. (laughs) Oh, she cracked her Coke Zero. I heard it. You mean business people.
0: (laughs) We mean business now. Uh, So, yeah, when we left off, basically we were at the airport and he was getting arrested. And he was very
1: confused. So we learned it's going down for real. Yeah. So he learns
0: we had already we already knew, but he learns that the RCMP had launched a Mr. Big Sting operation that ended up costing them over four hundred thousand dollars in the end. It was like four hundred and thirteen thousand dollars that that entire
1: this was just buying all those uptight police officers cool clothes so they could at least look undercover. That's all it was.
0: Well, it was, like, the flights, because remember, they were flying them to all different cities. Like, he was flown to Halifax, Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, Vancouver. Um, And flights in Canada are not cheap, people, by the way. If you're not from here, to fly within Canada is extremely
1: expensive. It's not cheap. Um, I agree. (laughs) I 100% have been looking at flights lately, and they are not cheap. No. It's never been cheap to fly in Canada. It's always been No, why is it so... It's like the ferry. Why is it so freaking expensive for us to travel within our own flippin' country? That's... the.
0: But they were also buying him fancy dinners, putting him up in hotels, like, paying him ridiculous... I think that he was paid, so not counting all of the extra that were like given to him. He was actually paid more than fifteen thousand dollars for the work that he did over four months. He participated Well you gotta
1: think someone was probably like buying his drinks and his meals when they went out and just just hundreds of dollars adding up even would probably be extremely substantial. Yeah,
0: he participated in sixty three scenarios
1: with the undercover officers. (laughs) And he got paid for each of these like jobs. Yes. Oh my goodness. And you said that one job he got paid like $4,000. So if he does 60 jobs averaging $4,000 a piece, oi baby! Yeah, he made a
0: pretty penny. But, so yeah, this operation cost an outrageous amount of money. And, of course, it it was a life of luxury that, like, he didn't want to end. Him and Jennifer were living on Social Security. He was addicted to gambling. And we saw when he got that amount of money from his car accident, like, he just went out and bought luxurious things. So it was something that he obviously really wanted to keep. Jennifer, when she finds this out, like, she always knew in the back of her head that Nelson could be involved, but she still couldn't believe it when she heard that he confessed to it. And the confession as well that was given to the major crime boss, Mr. Big, which we will get into more. I'll go a little bit in, more in depth about just makes what. makes me
1: think of sex in the city. <laughs> Every time you say it. Sorry.
0: I don't know what else to call but it. That's it. just it. But this was on a recorded interview that lasted 90 minutes. So we'll go, we did talk about that in part one, but we're going to go a little further into it in part two, just as like a refresher and why not?
1: Refresh me. Yeah.
0: So Nelson, of course, he's charged with two counts of first degree murder. So he's put in prison. That's what happens. And Jennifer immediately starts getting collect calls from him. Every day, most of them centered on like hating being in jail. He kept calling, being like, "You and mom need." Is his mom
1: calling too?
0: No, well, he's calling them. So he's calling
1: his mom and he's calling Jennifer, being like, "You need to get me out of jail." Um, Oh, okay. I thought just he was calling Jennifer, and maybe Jennifer was also getting calls from his mom saying, like, you need to get him out. Oh, she definitely does. Pearl is on her the Uh, whole time about needing to, like,
0: be on his side. I really thought about it, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, we don't like Pearl. I thought about it more after I edited the last episode. Love the name. So not a fan of this Pearl.
0: I thought about it, too, after, because I listen. After Katie's done editing, I always listen, and... It's hard because obviously he got really, really sick as a baby. He almost died. And so I'm sure she's like crazy overprotective of him and always has been out of necessity. But like to a point where she's not holding him accountable for anything. Do you know what I mean? Like he, like he's getting away yeah. with too much. But I think I like overlooked the fact that he almost died, and I think... I'm not a mom, but I can imagine that you'd have a really crazy attachment to your child after that. And after they had such a hard childhood, and you had to defend them their whole life, and... I don't know.
1: Yeah. I'm not
0: saying it's right. I'm just... I'm gonna... I was just looking you what, for... Tell hit me with the rest I mean, of
1: the facts. Yeah. I'm gonna... I'll make my real opinion on Pearl later, but I respect that. I liked the back and forth we're having on... Ma'am Pearl. Ma'am Pearl. I would like everyone to comment on the Instagram post. With their opinion of Ma'am yeah. Pearl.
0: Yeah. Comment on our Instagram. Do we like Pearl? Do we understand her point of view? But, like, honestly, he was more distraught about being in prison than he was when the girls died.
1: Yeah. Because he, he, this inconveniences him. Mm-hmm. The girls dying convenienced him.
0: Yeah. He also... Immediately, when he calls her like the first time, asks about the welfare check, if she had cashed it, told tells her to buy what she needs and send the rest of the money to him, like to jail. For his
1: commissary? Yeah. I guess
0: so. So the next day, she does exactly what do you that.
1: Cup of noodles?
0: She went and picked up groceries for herself. She put aside some gas money, like barely, and she sent the rest of the money to Nelson at the penitentiary and... He kept asking her for more money from prison and also continued calling Collect. At, like asking what she was doing. So racking
1: up... up her phone Correct. bill.
0: Like racking up her phone bill. And then bill. asking
1: for all her money.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Oh, what a turd burglar.
0: Yeah, I know. Uh, so one of the phone calls, he he calls Jennifer and he says that he had been beaten up by the guards and put in solitary. So his mom, Pearl, calls the prisoner. There's prison. no phone in
1: solitary. Huh? There's no phone in solitary.
0: No, I think it was like when he got out of solitary. Like he oh, gets okay. out of solitary, he gets his phone privileges back, he calls and says, oh, okay. I was okay, beaten okay, up okay. and put in solitary. So oh, Pearl hate ca- him. calls the prison to complain about how he's being treated in prison.
1: Yeah, uh, Pearl wants to speak to the manager. She does, of the prison, yes. Sir, sir, I'm going to need to talk to you about my son's care. Treat, transfer me to the warden, please. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and Pearl, like, from the get-go, from the initial arrest, said that Nelson was not capable of killing the girls and that it was nothing but a setup by the RCMP. Enabler. A little bit. I, I can't disagree. Maybe, but, like, you're not... Anyway.
1: Whose mom calls the warden to be like, oh, you're being too hard on him? Yeah. hey there like almost
0: all murderers mothers I swear like all guys who commit it's murder it's either like
1: they're best friends with their moms or their mom's the reason they're fucked up
0: yeah there's never an in between
1: no like you never hear of a serial killer It's like yeah I had a real good relationship with my mom really no. healthy No, I told her everything <laughs> she helped me with my homework <laughs> like it's just not a thing
0: It's not, no. Pearl. Okay, so Nelson, when he got arrested, it was June 2005. His trial was scheduled to begin in February of 2006. Uh, He Mm -hmm. actually applied for bail while awaiting trial, and the judge determined that his detention was necessary on the third ground as set out in Section 515, Subsection 10 of the Criminal Code. So that section like reads a risk
1: to himself.
0: No, I'm going to read it. So, okay. Section 51510 reads, "For the purposes of this section, the detention of an accused in custody is justified only on one or more of the following grounds: A, where the detention is necessary to ensure his or her attendance in court in order to be dealt with according to law." So this was not applicable to him. They weren't worried that he wouldn't it wasn't a flight risk essentially essentially yes yeah okay where the detention is necessary for the protection or safety of the public that one goes on a little bit more but that's essentially it and that was a no as well they weren't worried that he was a public risk exactly Um, C. This is the grounds they did find that he needed to be detained on. Uh, Any other just cause being shown and (laughs) without limiting the generality of the foregoing where the detention is necessary in order to maintain confidence in the administration of justice. Uh, including the apparent strength of the prosecution's case, the gravity of the nature of the offense, the circumstances surrounding its commission, and the potential for a lengthy term of imprisonment. So basically is the severity, like he's up for yeah. first-degree murder.
1: Well, it out. sounds like also him being out runs the risk of him fucking with evidence or witnesses potentially too in this case. Yeah. And like Okay, which I think is fair. In
0: order to maintain confidence in the administration of justice is literally just like... The public's opinion. What is letting him out going to tell the public?
1: Yeah. What's the expectation of the law in the area that the public has on us, and what does it say if we do otherwise? Yeah. So the application
0: for bail is denied on the third ground. Um, Pearl worked to ensure that Nelson would have legal representation at his trial, uh, and Derek Hogan was chosen to represent him from Legal Aid from the Legal Aid Society. There was some trial delays because of Nelson opposing who had been chosen for him as counsel, uh, but ultimately they were like, you don't have a choice, and the trial started in early 2007.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh, Okay. There's more to that. Keep this moving. Yeah,
0: there's more to that, but it was basically just like he had no good reason to not want (laughs) the legal aid lawyer that was chosen for him, and it was just stalling things, so they were like, no. No. No, no. Yeah.
1: When I feel like when they justified not letting him out on bail, it kind of reminded me too of when you're like, but mom, why can't I? And she's like, because I said so.
0: Literally, because I said so. That's what the
1: third one sounds like. Because we said so. Because you're not allowed. (laughs) Yeah. I agree. Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me.
0: Jennifer and Pearl, they ended up spending quite a bit of time together in the days leading up to Nelson's trial. Pearl did make Jennifer feel like she still had some sort of family there for her. Because remember, she's Mm -hmm. now, like, her family doesn't live there. They live hours and hours away, all of them. She doesn't have her kids. And Nelson's incarcerated, who's, like, the only person that she's really ever lived with besides her sister. So she feels pretty alone.
1: Well, and I guess, too, for Pearl, she's also missing her son. So that's probably also a reminder of him, too. Yeah. Most of their
0: time was spent preparing for Nelson's case, um, but a lot of the time was spent at the girls' gravesites, like for Jennifer. She went there a lot because with some of the money that he had been paid from the sting operation, Nelson had actually gone and bought each of the girls a really nice headstone. I think it said they cost like $2,500 a piece, which is crazy. But so she she had a good reason to go and visit there. Um, So she was Mm -hmm. there a lot. Prior to the trial, Nelson's mother actually called the local news station to tell them that the RCMP, quote, barbarized Nelson. She, Pearl was on a mission to prove that he was innocent. She <laughs> Sounds said, like it. Yeah. She said that for three and a half years, the RCMP followed Nelson and did anything in their power to try and get something on him to prove that he drowned Christine Karen. She says they came up empty with any evidence due to his inno- innocence. Pearl went on to say that the police knew how poor Nelson was and that he had a gambling problem and they took advantage of that to trick him into confessing the girls.
1: It, sorry, to confessing girls. Okay, the- I don't, I don't disagree that they took advantage of the fact that he had a gambling addiction to get information from him. However, I don't think it coerced him to confess to this. I believe he confessed because this is something he truly did.
0: Hmm. Well, I do agree that they didn't really have any other evidence. Like, normally you know, in these kind of situations, Mr. Big Sting operations are used to support evidence that they already just have. Just to confirm something. just, like, need yeah. that one little extra thing. They had literally mm-hmm. nothing here.
1: Oh, yeah. They used this as, like, the sole information and the sole piece of evidence rather than it being, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back or that last little piece just to, like, confirm and put the, like, period at the end of the sentence pretty much. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so Pearl goes to the news and she's like, this is bullshit, basically. Alright, so the trial begins. At the center of it, of course, is the two recorded interviews. Before they showed the interviews, they showed the tapes of Nelson at the police station in the hours after the girls had originally passed. Um, He spent three hours denying having hurt the girls, and no matter how hard they tried, his story didn't change. Krista fell in the water. He left Karen there after panicking and getting in the vehicle to go and get Jennifer. Now, remember in the original story, he didn't mention the seizure. He calls and tells them about the seizure after because he mm-hmm. didn't want to lose his license.
1: Oh, yeah, because that was his like favorite thing in the world was being able to drive. Yeah, and he had had yeah, yeah, his license yeah. taken that. away because of having seizures. Because prior. of his seizures. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I remember
0: that. Nelson also told police that he didn't phone for help when the girls fell in the water because there were no minutes left on his cell phone. Um, the area manager. Those fo- days.
1: I know, right? And you had to put minutes on your cell phone, and T nine was a thing. And I flip think phones, you can still yeah. get
0: cell phones that you put minutes on them. I feel you like can, but I
1: think they're few and far between. Fair. Unless you're like getting a burner phone because you're committing a crime. Yeah, don't do that. The
0: area uh, manager for the phone company testified at trial that no calls were made on the phone on August 4th, 2002, but that three calls were made the next day. Um, I guess he could have loaded the phone with minutes the next day, though. I don't know that that means mm-hmm. anything. The it jury... doesn't really say anything. No the jury was also told about a second cell phone that was in nelson's glove box he had apparently found it at the park the day before and the phone's (laughs) owner also testified at trial and said that the phone worked now this still doesn't mean anything to me because i don't know that he the first thing he would have thought is oh i found that random cell phone last night let's see if it works in that panicky yeah i don't know that just doesn't it's interesting, but I don't know that it's, like, a r- huge red flag to me.
1: Yeah, I'm on the fence about that one. Yeah. Just knowing everything we know about Nelson, I'm not... I don't know. I mean, he's kind of a weird guy to begin with. So some of these things his, don't seem that weird his, for him. Ch-
0: his choices <laughs> or his, like, uh, his thought process is different. Um, so mm-hmm. I think a lot of these things, they're okay but they don't mean a ton to me like that could mean something in a different situation but i don't know i think it's just Mm -hmm. i think it's just relevant so it had to to this situation i don't think it's that no
1: different also knowing that they were at the park the day before the other person testified like it's not that out of the box no
0: nelson's brother mervin took the stand he explained. Oh, we find out that uh, their younger brother's name is Stephen. Sorry, <laughs> ooh. I forgot to mention that.
1: Oh, uh, okay. So we got Mervin, Nelson, Steven, and, Steven. and this. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So okay. Mervin explains that he was the middle child. Nelson's the oldest, and Stephen's the youngest. Explains the name now. Okay. <laughs> He also testified that Nelson had never been able to swim um, and that as far as he knew, he was afraid of the water. He also recalled Nelson calling his mother upset about Krista falling in Little Harbor that day and said that he didn't think that the girls were being abused by Jennifer or Nelson. So they just asked him, like, were, do you think they were physically abusive? And he said no.
1: Okay. Which... Vague, but okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> jennifer's brother-in-law winston takes the stand and recalls a conversation that he had with nelson in the spring before the girls died he said they were talking about the kids and winston had said basically like if someone was ever to take away my kids it would be a hard thing because they were just talking about i guess the social worker stuff that was going on yeah so nelson replies and said uh i would make away with them before i ever let somebody take them and Winston assumed that nelson was exaggerating or kidding but you know there's that
1: yeah that's uh that so far has been the biggest like wee-hoo yeah for me uncomfortable do not like that a little bit very
0: suspicious just the i would say the comments are the biggest mm-hmm. thing for me cuz that's not the first time that we've heard him make a comment like that well and about again the kids.
1: So. Uttering threats is just uttering threats until they get acted on. Mm-hmm. And then that's evidence. Yeah. So these are, yeah. these so far are the biggest pieces of evidence to me.
0: Yeah. All right. So next up on the stand is Jennifer. She explains that she and Nelson had been married for seven years. She continued her testimony by explaining how she remembered the events of that morning in August of 2002. Uh, She needed to get ready for the derby. Nelson offered to take the girls to the swings. And then all of a sudden he was running in the house in a panic half an hour later saying Christo's in the water. She said she didn't remember exactly when or where she learned about Nelson having a seizure at the time that he put the girls down. Uh, But she did remember this seizure coming up at some point. Um, At a certain point, she says that she found out about the seizure at the same time that the police did. And this part was cross-examined on pretty hard, but she basically maintained that she didn't know right away, but she found out at some point. I don't know why they were hammering her so hard about that, but.
1: So in other words, they're just saying he didn't come home and say, oh my God, I had a seizure and I lost the girls. Correct. He says, I lost the girls. Yes. And then after it goes, "Oh yeah, by the way, Anna had a seizure." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. BT dub. Yeah. I seized.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that one. So, Nelson never actually got on the stand. Uh he said that he was Not afraid surprising. that he would have a seizure and Judge Wayne Diamond offered Nelson a screen to block out the crowd and also offered to have a doctor present while he testified, but he would not allow him to testify in a private or closed court. So he wanted to testify in private with nobody there, and the judge said no. The judge knew that Nelson had lied about seizures to keep his driver's license in the past, Lied about them to get more money from social services, et cetera, et cetera. So was like, no, you don't get to testify in private. Uh, Jennifer believed that Nelson didn't want to testify because he didn't think he'd be able to lie in front of that many people. Agreed. Yeah. So this decision to not allow Nelson to testify in closed court, though, does come up later. So parking lot for that one.
1: Because they're not respecting... Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. So that's... This is when we get into
0: the tapes and kind of like the evidence and testimony from the undercover officers who were involved in the operation. Okay. The first tape, of course, is the recorded conversation with Mr. Big in the Montreal Hotel Room. Uh, We did go into some of the details in part one, but I mean, heck, let's do it again. (laughs) The video shows Nelson coming in, meeting the boss uh, of the operation in the hotel room. Obviously, the boss is an undercover officer. The boss told Nelson he had been checking into his background and worried that there might be new potential witnesses to the drowning. Um, This is the so-called drug dealers that they told him were going to reveal new evidence. The boss pressed Nelson about what happened, and Nelson eventually replies, I was having a rough day. Nelson then explains to the crime boss that his brother was working with welfare officials to take custody of of the twins. Um, And the last home visit did occur like days before the girls died. Nelson said there was no way he would let authorities take his children. And that's why he decided to kill the girls in this recorded tape. He also drew a sketch of the wharf at little Harbor where he took the girls. And after making the drawing, Um, the tape shows him getting up and like demonstrating for the officer how he pushed them in and then drove back home. He tells the boss that the RCMP, that the RCMP believed he had a seizure right before the girls fell in and says on tape that he doesn't think they suffered, which like drowning.
1: Yeah, apparently that's a pretty horrible way to die from what I've heard. I don't think it's like peaceful like everybody thinks. Why would anybody think
0: de- death by drowning is peaceful? Have you ever like almost drowned or just gotten to that point where your body automatically just start struggling and like I can't imagine how how that would be peaceful in any way, shape or form. But anyway, as I mentioned, uh, this entire conversation was about t- 90 minutes to two hours and a noteworthy part of this tape is at the end when the officer goes, it's pretty much a perfect murder, and Nelson replies, it was pretty well organized.
1: So it was organized, but you just like, fuck.
0: Yeah. Hey friends, just a quick reminder, if you like hanging out and you want to see more of us, please visit our social media platforms. You can find us at Podcast by Proxy on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you have a business, podcast, or a story that you want featured on our show, we would love to hear it. Email us at podcastbyproxy at gmail.com. Katie and I are so appreciative of every single one of you for being here with us. If you want to support the show even more, please don't forget to hit the follow button wherever you're listening, and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Growing the show means we will be able to invest more time and money into bringing you more stories like the one you're hearing right now. To donate to the podcast one time or on a monthly basis, please visit buymeacoffee.com slash podcast by proxy. Now let's get back to it.
1: Hey y'all, I'm Christina. And I'm Mary. And we are the Southern Sisters and co hosts of the new podcast, True Crime Down Yonder. Each week, Christina and I discuss the creepiest, weirdest, unsettling
0: true crime cases and mysteries of the deep south.
1: We also cover the paranormal ghost stories and southern myths that'll give you full body chills.
0: Goosebumps.
1: So join us on Fridays to get your true crime fix with a morbid comical twist. You can listen for free on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We hope y'all will listen and subscribe. Bye, Bye y'all.
0: The defense argued that his client confessed because he was intimidated by the officers who he thought were rough gangsters. Uh, and the Crown countered this by saying that on the tapes, Hart was... Relaxed and explained in detail how he carried out a careful plan to kill his daughters.
1: hmm Yeah, I think if it was really that nerve-wracking and out of stress, you would have kept it pretty subtle because I think he would have been really stressed about what you were saying. Yeah, totally.
0: Uh, Nelson did make a very brief statement to the court stating that he had tried to tell the gang's crime boss that he had a seizure the day the girls fell in the water, but the boss pushed him to tell another story then he said which this is this part just kills me he goes i'd like for the people of this town the public of this town to know what was done to me i was told not to go against the crime boss i tried to tell the truth but he didn't believe that pearl also maintained throughout the entire trial that she believed her son's innocence um
1: how, Pearl?
0: I don't know. The only reason I said that that was my favorite part is just like, I would like for the people of this town to know. Like, yeah.
1: Hear ye, hear ye. Yeah. It, what are but we going you, for, buddy?
0: You won't testify your to your own innocence, but you'll say that bullshit. Like, I don't know.
1: God. Yeah, yeah this guy.
0: Look. During trial, one of the officers involved in the sting operation uh, actually took the stand to discuss an interaction that he had had with Nelson on April 10th, 2005 at a Montreal sports bar. Uh, All of the officers' actual names in trial and stuff are all, like, redacted and protected under a publication ban also, so, like, we only know their crime boss names. (laughs) The officer testified that Nelson said he had done something terrible in the past and that one day he would tell him and it would bring tears to his eyes. So this is similar to the comment that he made to So Jennifer. he's
1: gloating about Remember what he's Remember in part done. one when he said, I yeah. have done things
0: that would bring tears to your eyes or like
1: something along the same lines. Yeah, doesn't he, he makes another passing comment like that too. Yeah, there was another one. Yeah. About taking something to the grave or
0: something. Yes. Yes. That's the one I was talking about. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And he's like, I got secrets I'm going to take to the grave or something. You're like, why would you even say that?
0: Yeah. Like literally everyone does. We just don't say it out loud because we actually are going to take them to the grave. He further elaborated to the undercover officer that he had, quote, dealt with two people and they were in the ground now
1: dealt with two people you're not a mobster take taking out people yeah you mean your three-year-old children Oh god yeah it's disgusting
0: yeah the officer said next that he rolled his eyes and told nelson he didn't have to lie to impress him he says he then took out his wallet and showed a picture of the two girls and he said i'll leave it at that but of course he doesn't leave it at that because the dude cannot stop talking when it yeah. comes to these officers. Because he thinks they're the coolest people ever. So he then goes on to say. That the two girls were his blood. And that he got rid of them. Um, which the blood comment. Is also very similar. In my opinion to the one that he made. at the op- uh, To the officer at the scene. About the girls being his blood. And he
1: wouldn't hurt them. Yeah. Fair. It's just
0: very similar wording. And it like, is
1: quite similar. Yeah. So he thinks he's tough, but he only has such a big vocabulary. (laughs) We already knew that. Yeah. The officer basically just
0: testifies and says, like, it was a really intense conversation. And my guess is that this is the same conversation that we spoke about in part one, where I said that he had confessed to Steph's uh, suave, but that it was not recorded. I'm pretty sure this is Mm -hmm. the same conversation.
1: Okay. That makes sense.
0: So this officer further testified that when they were discussing the opportunity to maybe drive trucks for the organization, Nelson was asked if he had any children, and his response was, quote, I have no kids, thank God for that. Like, he was using not having children as a selling feature to try and get this job.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, guys, I got a really flexible schedule.
0: Yeah, it's just just weird, because at that point, like, there was no coercion or no intimidation to not have children. Like, that's totally... Yeah. You just came up with that.
1: So it was him uh, going out of his way to say something about it rather than just being like, nope. Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, the yeah. officer also testified that Nelson on one occasion had said that he would rather get a phone call that his mother died than lose a place in the organization. So that just kind of shows you, like, how much value... And he's he-
1: obsessed with Pearl...
0: Yeah, yes, exactly. So this—that's this—just shows you how much value he actually placed on being a part of this. Uh, Jeez. Okay. So-called criminal gang. Yeah. So we're not done with the trial yet. Oh, we're still I going. didn't think we were. No. Next up is another officer testified that he did witness Nelson have a seizure during the undercover operation. He said uh, one night, I guess they were in a vehicle preparing to sell what Nelson thought were counterfeit credit cards. And then all of a sudden, I know I was like, what? Uh all of a sudden he starts to panic, and the officer told the court that Nelson suddenly demanded to go to the bathroom and just left the car. Um he later appeared unresponsive, like he was staring right through the officer. And during like having this, a seizure, maybe? Potentially, or like post-seizure where you're just very, very yeah. out of it.
1: Dazed, yeah. Yeah,
0: I think that's more like it, like he had a seizure in the in the washroom came back to the car and was just very spaced out Um, okay during this testimony pearl walked out of the courtroom teary-eyed and the officer said that nelson eventually snapped out of it and refused to talk about what happened
1: okay weird but okay
0: yeah One of the officers involved in the operation did acknowledge under cross-examination that statements made to Nelson by officers could be interpreted as intimidation, but he insisted that he could have walked away at any time. Um, The officer told the jury that Nelson said he would do anything as long as the money was good, and the officer asserted that no threats were ever directed at Nelson.
1: Which I think is fair. I haven't heard any.
0: No. No. It's all just like very intimidating vibes, but they never actually yeah. like threatened him the directly. Status really the status of the people. Yeah.
1: Or the perceived status of these people is what seems intimidating, but not the actual threats of anything happening. Mm hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah. It's oh. still, buddy. Yeah. Ultimately, after the evidence was presented, the jury did feel that there was reasonable doubt to the defense team's story that Nelson had simply been persuaded with money and status to confess to killing his daughters. And on March 28, 2007, Nelson, Nelson Hart was found guilty of two counts of first-degree murder in the death of Krista and Karen Hart. He was given an automatic life sentence in prison with no possibility of parole for 25 years.
1: Wonderful.
0: We're obviously not done. But... Yeah, we're we're, we're <laughs> <bad> not <done>. that.
1: <laughs>
0: April 11th, 2007, Nelson and his defense team filed an appeal to the guilty verdict. Nelson actually... Well, actually, Nelson would not actively participate in the appeal process because he believed that it was another part of the Mr. Sting operation in, like, an attempt to trick him. He was very untrusting oh. of the entire process after this. Which, like fair honestly fair but this could mean that he would never have even told the truth about what happened on stand anyways even if he did testify at his own trial if he thought that it was just another attempt to trick him yeah right
1: yeah. his
0: defense counsel went forward with the appeal though um the main grounds for appeal were that the videotape shouldn't have been admitted as evidence and nelson should have been allowed to testify in closed court as per his request His lawyers argued that Nelson's confession was unreliable. They said he needed money, was paid more than fifteen grand during the uh, the operation, and that he was intimidated.
1: I agree with the first two, to an extent.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: The third one.
0: The thing is, at this point, Mr. Big, uh, confessions were automatically admitted as evidence. Mm, and okay. as we'll see this case actually ends up changing that but at this point they're just automatically admitted like there's no process to get those kind of things admitted and so his lawyers okay. are fighting that and basically saying like this is bullshit
1: okay which so you the, mean again this guy's a piece of shit but everyone's entitled to fair counsel in a proper court proceeding so whatever okay yeah
0: and I see both sides for sure Ooh. um I don't think I can say... This is one case where I can confidently say I have no idea. I think that there's super valid arguments on both sides.
1: Yeah, so far I would agree with that.
0: Yeah. So the appeal trial happens in 2012... Um, the three panel, three judge panel unanimously decided that he should have been allowed to testify in private because of his tendency towards seizures and the stress of, of thinking and speaking clearly with that many people around him. So all three judges said that he should have been able to testify privately. Um, they maintained that audio and video versions of his testimony could have been presented after the fact. True. The judges land two to one. On the second point of the appeal, Chief Justice Derek Green and Justice Michael Harrington concurred and Justice Leo Berry dissented that the video and audio tapes made during the Mr. Big Sting operation should not have been admitted into evidence during trial. So because they got a two-to-one vote, uh, this means that the appeal went through. So they found that evidence of the confessions obtained from nelson by police during the operation were obtained by improper coercion and inducements breaching his charter rights and they granted uh, that a new trial be ordered
1: okay which again i agree that if there was something wrong and i don't necessarily disagree that if he's prone to seizures that the stress of going on the stand would be a lot however i agree with them. i don't think he was entitled to get it but again i don't think a lot of criminals are entitled to a lot of things but it's in their human rights to have it so we need to treat everyone equal and like a human being
0: and we can think of it sort of as like um like in school when you have any sort of like you need to a computer instead of just typing or printing or whatever like you get special accommodations it's sort of like that like he wasn't given a special accommodation that it could be argued that he oh, should be able okay, to I know have. What I mean. Do you know what I mean? I couldn't think of any of the
1: problems. Yeah, when I was in kindergarten, there. there was a physically disabled child who got special scissors, and it was like a really big learning curve for us as tiny kids to learn why he got special scissors. But it was so he could do things that, like everyone else.
0: Yeah, it's like you should be accommodated if you need accommodations, and there's a valid. Yeah you know, reason or argument as 100%. to why those accommodations should be made. So like I completely agree um with those reasons. Fair. July 31st, 2014, the Supreme Court of Canada agreed with the appeal court and ruled that the confessions obtained from Nelson by the RCMP under the Mr. Big operation were ultimately inadmissible and unreliable. So basically what happens is the appeal trial happens, right? And the appeal judges Mm -hmm. have to decide if they agree with the grounds for appeal. Okay, great. They do. A new trial would then be ordered. So now... With that new trial, the Supreme Court of Canada has to decide are we going to use that evidence? Are we going to allow it to be used in the new trial? Because yeah. just because the appeal judges said that the appeal can be granted, it was on those justifiable grounds, to get an appeal. It doesn't mean it's not necessarily going to be used in the new trial. The Supreme Court of right. Canada still has to make a ruling on that. Yes. Right. Okay. So they rule, obviously, that they are inadmissible and unreliable. Now, this ruling is known in Canadian criminology as RV Hart, and it actually changed the way that Mr. Big Sting confessions would be used in Canadian criminal court going forward. This was a huge deal. Um, wow. This decision tightened up the rules on how police needed to conduct the operations and change the automatic admissibility of the evidence so like i said before prior to this ruling confessions uh, obtained under these operations were automatically admissible in trial and after this ruling there was a there's like this special i'm gonna do a whole episode on this for patreon so if you're interested in all this kind of stuff you're gonna want to sign up for that to get access to that episode but in the tiny shortened version and they now have a special like three prong test that has to be applied to the evidence in order for the judge to allow it to be admitted.
1: Okay, so it has some criteria?
0: Yes. Um it's, okay. and it's a lot more like criteria around how officers can actually conduct the operations and the interviews as well. Um so, I mean, I think that's a, that's a good thing. I mean, this was a huge decision yeah. in Canadian law, but, um, you know, why shouldn't there be criteria like there is for everything else? To avoid things like, you know, were they coerced or were they not? We should be able to get a finer line on that. Then it'd be such a Yeah, criteria. and have
1: more confidence that the information yeah. that is submitted is justifiably equal to other sting operations and that the information's vetted the same way i think that's just a fair standard yeah
0: uh what this meant though was that they wouldn't be able to use the tapes in any future trial against him and they had nothing else on him so on october sorry august 5th (laughs) on august 5th 2014 just one day after the anniversary of the girl's deaths Crown prosecutor Donovan Malloy in Gander, Newfoundland announces that the crown will not seek another trial for Nelson Hart and made a motion to withdraw all charges against him. Uh, the prosecutor said, without those statements, there's no longer a reasonable likelihood of conviction. And as such, we made a motion in court today to withdraw the charges. Just a- Justice David Petal granted the Crown's request to withdraw the murder charges due to insufficient evidence, and Nelson was released from jail with the guarantee that he would never face another murder trial.
1: Yeah. Jesus Christ. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Like I said, it was a huge decision that was made.
1: Yeah, I just, I wasn't expecting that to be what you were going to say, to be honest. Yeah and there was hella mixed reactions to
0: all of these decisions of course there always is to everything but of course jennifer was seen in court that day and she just didn't really show any emotion as the decision to free nelson was read um crown prosecutor malloy did tell reporters that Jennifer was brokenhearted. understandably he said she's just a normal person she doesn't understand the operation of the justice system and its complexities in the Supreme Court of Canada she's just lost her daughters um Jennifer declined yeah. to comment outside the court
1: yeah I can't imagine too. you like you just you already believed your husband for so long then you hear that he confesses so then you're torn up about that Then you're sitting there going, well, he confessed, so why can't you use that information? And them trying to explain the legal system and how the proceedings work is, yeah, it's got to be a fucking nightmare.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because it's just not simple. No. There's a lot of layers to it um, and why those decisions are made. So, Uh, There were family members of Nelson's who also expressed their displeasure with the decision. Uh, One of his aunts was quoted saying, that's our nice justice system we've got. Yeah. Which, like, okay. Preach. Uh, but because of the July 31st decision yeah. regarding Mr. Big Evidence, dropping the charges was the only logical conclusion. Uh, Nelson's lawyers expressed the struggles that their client would face attempting to reintegrate into society due to the publicity of the case. Uh, in total, Nelson was in custody for nine years. That's
1: nothing, it's annoying.
0: I mean, at the very least, even if it wasn't intentional, I think we can say there's some criminal negligence or
1: Mm -hmm.
0: possibly manslaughter that occurred here. I mean, even if he didn't push them in, which I'm not convinced of at all. I don't sound off in the comments on Instagram um, uh, with how you feel about this case. But at the very least, their death was still his fault.
1: Yes. I mean, they're toddlers. He's an adult. It's his fault regardless. But yes, I do. I I think he pushed them. You think he pushed them? Or at least one it. of them. I think he pushed one and left one. And then the one tried to help her sister. I could see that. Or just get kind of frantic. Yeah. Yeah. And not know what to do, and then run yeah. away, run around, freak out. Like I, it just
0: him getting Ugh. out of jail though wasn't the end of his time in
1: court I trials. Wasn't expecting it to be, I was just really hoping we were
0: well. It, it's Not necessarily
1: over. done for that reason, but just done with. No, this guy. in <laughs> terms
0: of him going to trial for the girls, that's over. He won't okay. ever go to trial for them again. Yeah, yeah.
1: fair. Um, double check
0: but less than a year after his release from jail nelson was found guilty of uttering threats during an altercation that he had had in prison on june 24th 2013 uh with correctional officers the crown stayed a charge uh, a second charge of assaulting a peace officer stating that the additional charge had like just become a distraction But during this incident, a guard apparently spilled his lunch on the floor and he got really escalated. The tape is played in court and correctional officers testified that he threatened to kill one of them. Judge Lois Skane said two out of three of the correctional officers who were there at his segregated cell that he was in at the time satisfied her that Nelson meant to intimidate them. For this incident, he was sentenced to 60 days house arrest. He was also sentenced to an additional 30 days of house arrest and a year probation um, to be served consecutively to the other sentence for threatening to stab a male guard in January 2013 after he was asked to open his mouth to prove that he swallowed his medications. This incident occurred at Her Majesty's Penitentiary in St. John's, Newfoundland. He pled not guilty to all of these charges. His defense lawyer agreed with the decision made by the Crown and the sentencing, but did make a statement that his behavior in jail at this time was out of character compared to the nine years that he had spent in custody. At the time of both of these incidents, his appeal had been approved and he was waiting for the outcome. So he was on edge and agitated. It was Mm -hmm. after his 2012 appeal trial when the, appeal got approved and they said a new trial could be ordered but before the appeal trial it was ordered went through okay. well, yeah before the july 2014 decision about the admissibility of the evidence so it was okay. in that kind of limbo period i mean that's not an excuse for he had a tough time threatening CEOs that you're going to kill them but not at all yeah
1: that is the end don't love Pearl anymore, but have... I can see a little bit of what you said, but at the end of the day, when the courts showed her all the evidence, she should have thought about her grandbabies.
0: My only problem with Pearl if I'm being completely honest with you is her manipulation of Jennifer. Like I'm not gonna fault somebody for fighting for their son's innocence if that's really what they believe. But my issue is that she constantly was making Jennifer the bad guy or making her feel guilty saying that she had to fix everything for him as well when she had her own shit going on and Nelson was treating her like a bag of shit. Like, there was no support for the person who's raising your grandchildren because your son's not. Um, That's
1: my only issue with Pearl. I just don't understand, though. Like, I get that she cares about her son. But I just think, for me, okay, putting in perspective, I have a brother who has two daughters. Mm -hmm. And I just think that if this was happening, what would my mom do? My mom would be heartbroken over her grandchildren. Yeah. Like, where was this grandma's desire to also care for those grandbabies? Yeah. That's what I'm really struggling with is it just seems like there was less concern about them. Oh, for sure. On all accounts from Nelson and Pearl. That really
0: bothered me. Yeah. This whole case is really hard. Like I said, I think I said at the beginning yeah. of her one, it's super devastating for a lot of reasons. It's just a very hard one to wrap your head around. Um, but like I said, that RV Hart decision from 2014... Uh, I'm going to go a lot more into depth on that for um, Patreon in November. That's this month. So, yeah, that's probably a good segue into us just kind of introducing what our Patreon is. Patreon is a subscription service that we are now a part of. So you can sign up for a tier. It's a monthly fee, um, but we're going to be giving bonus episodes every month. You get stickers when you sign up. Every tier gets discount codes on merch, um, which will still be applicable when I finally switch our merch to a different (laughs) company, which I am going to do. You get episodes a day early. There's just a ton of perks. Plus, you get to support us even more than you already are doing right now, which we appreciate and love so much. So, um, yeah, the link for that is in all of our episode descriptions. And... Check it out so that you can get part three of this case, I guess.
1: Yeah, if you want more details, check it out. Head on over there. They're all there. But yeah, they're I'm all there. Just,
0: we haven't actually talked about Patreon live on a recording yet, so.
1: Yes, we have. We just did. <laughs> nah.
0: That's it, though. A little bit shorter from me today. I just wanted to wrap it up. And a, wrap, a semi, wrap, and a, wrap it up. A semi-neat little bow. This one's not super neat, but it does what it is.
1: It's true, but it's neat enough. Yeah. For what we can do with this, it's neat enough. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, that's it for me. Loved it. Loved it. So, goodbye. Call you soon. Okay. <gasps> okay. Bye. 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 How do I stop this shit? I'll stop it. (laughs) Okay.